appreciate you joining me for part three of our mini series on B2B sales, how to find, engage and get corporate clients consistently. We're using a six step process and we're in the home straight. So come join me. Welcome to the Leverage Business Podcast, where we believe business success is about working smarter, not harder. Leveraging your time and expertise in ways that fit the digital age you and your clients live in today. I'm your host, Jay Allison, author of Leverage Consulting in the Digital Age and founder of the iSuccess Business Academy. And every episode, I'll be sharing insights into how you can apply the power of leverage to grow your consulting, coaching, or other expert services business and create true freedom and independent success with mindset, marketing, and money model breakthroughs. Because when you get leveraged, the sky's the limit. Let's go for it. Hello and welcome back. We're continuing our three-part series and our journey navigating the B2B sales process. Hopefully you've already listened to parts one and two, and if not, then it's definitely best to pop back to episodes 73 and 74 before listening to this one. Because we're now in the home straight with the third and final part of this mini-series on B2B sales. How to find, engage, and get corporate clients consistently using my six-step B2B selling process. So quick recap. In part one, we clarified what B2B sales really means, what it is and what it's not. And we pinpointed some key differences with B2C, where you're marketing and selling direct to consumers as the buyers. We introduced the six steps to get corporate clients and emphasized that when you work through them, you're doing your due diligence, which makes the chances of success shoot up significantly. And we focused on step one, which is all about positioning yourself in the marketplace, an absolutely critical step. Don't miss it. And then step two, building your pipeline of target organizations that you're going to reach out to or get in front of. In part two, we tackled steps three and four, which are prospecting and proposals. And in this last installment, we will look to secure the gig with presentations and persistence. Let's jump right in. Sometimes the organization that you're talking with as a potential client will want you to present your proposal to a panel or board as part of their selection process. It'll form part of their procurement or internal decision-making process. And again, if you ask the right questions in the prospecting stage, you'll know what their process actually is. In some industries, there may not even be a proposal step Or perhaps it's a referral or an invitation to tender, an ITT, and you just get contacted or selected and invited to a panel. So you may be going in cold and the person that you've been speaking to may or may not actually be one of the panel deciding this. Either way, with or without niceties, you go straight in and pitch. And either way, it's your chance to bring your proposal or your offer to life. Your aim is to give the prospective client confidence that you A, understand their business, the industry and the context, and B, that you're matching what you propose to their critical needs and the outcome they're looking for. Part of getting this right is your ability to create one, belief that this is the right approach, two, urgency that they should act sooner, not later, and three, credibility that you can actually deliver on the promised results you talk about. 
So step five is presentation or pitch. A presentation and to an extent any speaking engagement in front of the right audience is an opportunity to present your offer and have it fit their goals, needs, budget and time frame. As I said, a presentation can be a networking event or a pitch to a panel. It could be a speaking engagement where you're selling from the stage, but it could also be a way to present a proposal that you've sent previously. Before you dive into a presentation or a pitch, and ideally you will have this worked out prior to putting a proposal together, if you're able to do that first too, you want to get clear on what you help the organization solve. And that's not necessarily what you help the direct beneficiaries of your service or program with. Let me explain that a little more. A common mistake people make in a B2B sales context is to look only at the recipients, the direct beneficiaries of your program or service, the people in your training course, the people you coach, the people who you're directly working with in a project or a service that you deliver. And when we start writing a proposal, we often lose sight of that bigger picture, the high level impact that drives decisions strategically within an organization. So think of it this way. As a consequence of you doing the service, delivering the program, working with their actual staff or teams, what does the organization gain? What's the benefit at a strategic level that supports perhaps what um, their business objectives are? The other thing that we need to do in that sense is not pitch our product. We want to be pitching the outcomes that what you do achieves for that organization. So from the outset of a proposal or a presentational pitch, remember, it's all about the customer and what they want. And in this case, it's the organization who's the customer, the buyer, not the recipients, not the participants. And so your pitch needs to be all about what the client wants and needs, the organizational level. That might mean that you want to consider who is on the panel or in the audience. What are their roles? What are their interests as a stakeholder? And also think about anyone who's not on the panel, but is likely to be involved in the final sign off. Make sure that you have some points that speak directly to that decision maker. Whoever's part of the decision making group too, make sure that you're clear on and addressing what's their stake in the proposal. And what I know is you have to start with the customer experience, with the result, the benefits, the impact that they're looking for and work back to the product of how it helps them get that, or at least move a significant way towards it. So they end up better off in some way than before they worked with you. While a huge part of the B2B process is about building lasting relationships, another key part is about being valuable to them in the sense of insights and experience and knowledge, an external perspective about what's going on in their industry. The thought leadership piece can be very important to some organizations. And this is also where you can differentiate yourself and avoid being a commodity, just another training provider, just another coach, just another project manager. And many of those situations, you don't want to be delivering a standard training or service that they could just buy off the shelf somewhere, so to speak. So a crucial part of your due diligence 
and indeed your business development or BD time more broadly should be around horizon scanning, researching the market, noticing what's happening, seeing emerging trends so that you're actually really on top of what it is that they need to be sustainable and successful into the future. And when you do that, you'll ensure your services are both relevant and timely to potential clients. Now, admittedly, a lot of organizations are really on the back of the pandemic. They're firefighting. So that might well be the really relevant, most relevant and urgent thing that they're looking for support and help with. Um, But at the same time, it's uh, trying to help them not just survive, but also thrive. So it depends really on what it is that you help people with. But just bear in mind that you really want to be looking at uh, pressing needs as well as future trends. So take your research and map it against what might be going on for them. Often they're in some kind of transition or wanting help with change. Paint the before and after picture so they can visualize the result of your work together. Another angle you might use to frame your pitch is to think about what are the occasions when clients typically need my services or when they're likely to have budget and time to do the work. For instance, my own consulting is predominantly in non-profit sectors and a lot in education where there's a clear academic calendar. Sometimes consultants say to me, well, nothing happens in the holidays. But we know that in the long summer holidays is when most staff have time to actually do development and evaluation work. And around Christmas New Year is typically when they're about to start with curriculum planning and want help with market research or cross-team process improvement. What about your industry and the organisations that you work with? Is it seasonal in some way or tied to financial planning cycles or budget or grants or professional development and training needs review? Is it a one-time or a recurring need? Do departments have a budget dump around year end or carry over grants where they'd have more leeway for discretionary funding decisions? You see, with these kind of questions, these specific questions, you get specific answers. And the more information and context you can glean ahead of a presentation, the more your audience will lean in and the more solidly your proposal will land. And after you've done your presentation, that's it. There's nothing more that you can do on the day. But what you can do is really make sure you're following up and you're absolutely clear, as are the prospective client, what the next step would be. So step six is all about persistence and why follow up is fortune. So why don't we do it? The sixth T is persistence in our six steps. Sometimes we can do and say all the right things or so we think and you just don't get the gig and perhaps you've reframed it or pivoted the offer and still it doesn't land. Well, one thing this teaches us that we may be doing something wrong is you can't start with a product and then try to figure out how you're going to sell it. You can create the best offer in the world wrapped around the thing you do But the hardest thing is how that fits into a cohesive, larger vision that's going to allow you to sell a 50k or 100k engagement. Now, admittedly, you could be pitching against some very excellent competitors, but more often than not, in our experience, what we learn from feedback when you're not selected, it's because you're nearly always missing 
some vital information that weaken their confidence that you understand the brief. So it brings into question whether you can deliver what they want. Asking questions and asking a panel or prospect what else they need to know from you helps you fill any gaps before they dismiss you out of hand. And you can also do this after the meeting. Maybe you know that moment that when you're out of a meeting or a presentation and suddenly think of something that you should have or could have added. A huge reason why follow-up is so critical. It's not just that you want to know why they didn't pick you. You want to find out if there are gaps in what they know, understand and believe about you and your proposal. And even before a decision has been made, you want to be making sure the next contact point is established, a follow-up meeting scheduled or the process of what happens now is clear. I've talked previously about the importance of persistence in a couple of episodes exploring the success mindset. Sometimes we can be a little defeatist if we don't hear back immediately, but it can really pay to not wait around to get in touch and help fill any unanswered questions as a panel is deliberating. I want to just make a note of something that's come up many, many times in discussions with clients, and that's about turning consulting into marketing. That due diligence that you do for a proposal or a presentation, that preparatory work will pay dividends in how well your proposals and presentations turn into profits. And naturally, once you're working with a client, you've got an inside viewpoint that can really give you an advantage for future proposals. You can use all of that research, analysis and consultation work to build more powerful marketing outreach and messaging because it's grounded in reality. It's connected to your client's real world experience of the environment they're currently operating in. You'll find it's crazy effective. And listen, B2B marketing follows the same general principles as any marketing. You still need to get clear on the ideal client, position yourself and what you offer as a match to their most pressing needs. And you're still marketing to the emotional triggers that we have as human beings. But you also have to think specifically here about the pain points and needs at the organizational level, as well as the people you deliver to on the ground. In B2B, the relevance, credibility and urgency varies depending on who you're addressing in the organisation. The needs of an individual, the people you would be working with directly in the organisation when delivering your programme course or service, can be different to the needs of their manager, the director of HR or organisational development, the CEO or a finance or strategic lead. Concerns about cost benefits, meeting their targets, how resources are spent come into play. When hiring consultants, coaches and other experts, organisations are obligated to manage risk and ensure value for money. They need to make sure they choose wisely. Often it's even a compliance requirement, part of their financial regulations. They want to get the best people in for the work that needs to be done whilst paying the least amount of money. And this is why you need to dig through several layers of impact to what you deliver, several stakeholders. And from your perspective, once you have identified there's a need, you want to make sure the person you're talking to has the authority to make the decision, has the budget to pay for what they need, and in the time frame that's worth having detailed conversation about. Now, I mentioned at the start that there's a seventh dimension to this path to success. 
It's not actually a step. It's a way to broaden your capacity and ability to say yes to opportunities that may seem unfeasible due to lack of time, skills or connections. The seventh dimension is actually another P. It's partnership. Now, I won't say too much here because partnerships or joint ventures is a whole topic in itself. But needless to say, it's a great way to get corporate clients if you want to go for much bigger contracts. Here's where you've an opportunity to create a proposal that brings in more than just yourself. If you're a sole trader, you may not think to do this, but it's how you can accommodate a bigger scope or a short time frame to deliver if you're already maxed out yourself. Partnerships is a way for you to offer things that you couldn't deliver on your own by working in association with others. So you or they can go after bigger clients than you can as a solo provider or a small firm. And you're able to tap into other people's networks and clients, adding skills and expertise to their proposals or pitches. So it can work both ways. If there's a time constraint on delivering what the client wants and as one person you're already committed, overloaded or you need two of you to do it in time, a partnership with another consultant or coach can work really well. If you don't have all the skills to deliver every element of what the client needs, a partnership with someone who does can enable you to throw your hat in the ring. So those are the six steps. What are you waiting for? There's a greater need than ever for external consultants, experts and coaches like you. Because of the turmoil in the market, organisations of all shapes and sizes regularly hire outside specialists and pay premium fees for their services, training, keynote speeches and more. And yet, how do you position yourself to become one of those fortunate professionals who consistently get corporate clients and build lucrative B2B businesses? You follow these six steps. Even if you've never done it before or you're just starting your business, there's no reason you can't be successful in this arena. And once you have one, the sky's the limit for scaling. So get laser focused on what's the important goal here. Your client list is the priority and it starts with getting your first client, then your second, then your third. Each one drives the flywheel to get corporate clients consistently. Generate contacts, scope out proposals and follow up consistently. Those are the steps. This is the only way you'll get corporate clients and end up with a steady flow of opportunities coming your way where you're not spending such a lot of time and then actually not getting the gig. It's really demoralizing when you're putting in loads and loads of proposals. So if you follow these six steps, you're much more likely to have success because you're doing your due diligence. You actually really understand the brief and you're presenting it in a way that really meets their needs. You want to be able to pick and choose the ones that fit the client list you want to end up with as well. So really that pipeline building helps you to be very targeted and very intentional about what you go after. If you get to the point where you're positioned really, really well, this is what we found is people will come to you. You become the hunted, not the hunter. And it's a wonderful position to be in because you haven't got to hustle. You haven't got to pitch. You haven't got to sell yourself. What you have to do is just do your normal consulting and have conversations about whether or not you can meet someone's needs. So when they're coming to you, what you find is you have more opportunities than you have time to deliver. And this is where you start to move towards a scaling strategy 
to enable you to bring on more people or to deliver in a different way. And this is where we also talk a lot about online programs, online group programs and online courses, because they allow you to leverage some of the stuff that you're doing one to one that you really don't need to be doing in that kind of way. And that frees you up then to do the very high level stuff that only you can do. If you want to build a client list that's strategic and uniquely yours, you need to be consistently building your pipeline with the right organizations, getting in front of the right people and putting the right proposals together. Finding your voice, finding your positioning is absolutely vital. It's one of the big areas that we help people with that brand positioning and articulating how you help people. In my book, we dive deeper into business design that enables the major leverage points in your brand, your marketing, your sales and delivery. And you can grab that from Amazon and via leveragedconsultingbook.com. So I hope this has been useful. I really have loved diving into all of this. I like breaking down things into steps. It just gives you that sense of trajectory and makes things seem much more feasible than going around in circles trying to work out what you're missing in your process. So if you've got any questions, I would love to hear what's coming up for you, what kind of things you still need to think about. And we can grab a call. There's a free consultation call that you can grab if you wanted to have a one to one and talk through where you're at where you're getting stuck, and maybe I can help you find some solutions. So that's all for me for this series. I'm going to be planning some more of these mini series. Apparently you guys love them. So thanks for the feedback for those that have got in touch. Uh, I always love to hear from you as to what's really landing and what you're finding useful. We switch around between mindset marketing and money models. And obviously there's people who are in B2B versus B2C. So we kind of like dot around all over the place. It's really good to hear feedback. And what I'm noticing is that I've got a lot more of a consulting listenership than coaching people. And so if there's more on the consulting side that you want, then let me know. Take care. Ciao, ciao for now. Thank you for listening to the Leverage Business Podcast. Want to create leverage in your business? Did this episode provide some insights and ideas to be thinking through? If so, subscribe so you get alerts when the next one's released. If you want to learn more or would like help and support with building a leveraged business that achieves true freedom for you, then head over to jallison.com forward slash podcast to find all the resources and links that go with this show on my website and to join our iSuccess community. And if you're enjoying our content, it would be great if you could pop into Apple Podcasts or the app you listen from and leave me a rating and review. Everyone makes a difference to improving our rankings. So thank you if you've done that already. I appreciate you. So hey, that's it. Thank you for listening. I hope you've loved this episode and have some great takeaways to be thinking through. I wish you a pleasant, productive and profitable week. And I'll see you again next time for another episode of the Leverage Business Podcast.